Welcome to The Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. The sights and sounds of the Cubs and White Sox yesterday. Tim Anderson, a catalyst for this White Sox team. We welcome you into the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show with open phone lines for you, the Cub fan, the White Sox fan, the Major League Baseball fan, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you got a chance to uh, watch the Cubs and Sox from yesterday or just a fan of Major League Baseball, your time to jump in as we're totally interactive, the most totally interactive show for baseball weeknights right here on ESPN 1000. So speaking of that game, here's my first pitch. Play ball! The White Sox exploded for a six-run fifth inning in Sunday night's game at Wrigley Field. And yesterday, the White Sox made David Ross and Hugh Darvish tap, tap out. Uh, it is exhibition season, but it wasn't a great look in a practice game for Darvish against the Cubs. Uh, a double, a single, a single, a walk, a grand slam, and all of the White Sox first five batters scored in just 22 Darvish pitches, and that early 5 nothing lead held up to a 5-3 victory for the White Sox over the Cubs. Now, when I'm watching these exhibition games or watching these practice games, um, the score does not mean anything to me. I think that when you're watching any of these games across the baseball landscape, what you're looking for is signs of improvement, signs of life, because the season's right here. It starts Thursday, and for the Cubs and Sox, it starts Friday. So what you're looking for are good signs, and you saw good and bad from the Cubs yesterday in their game against the White Sox. So the the numbers are eye-popping, especially if you just settle in and say, okay, here we go, Monday night going to watch a little Cubs and White Sox just to, to whet my appetite for the season that's going to start on Friday, and then that happens, right? Uh, Darvish, overall, he threw 48 strikes and 67 pitches before David Ross removed him after a leadoff infield single by Tim Anderson in the fifth inning. 29 of those pitches were thrown in the first inning. They scored five runs off the Cubs, did the White Sox, off of you, Darvish, and both teams agreed uh, with that soaring pitch count, a uh, third out was not necessary. And that's just like, wow, right? A third out is not, ah, that's okay. Let's just, let's just keep the game moving. Imagine if that was baseball for real. Your starter is getting shelled, and the, the, both managers come together and say, you know what, that might be enough. I think that's enough. We're going to remove our pitcher for now. Uh, that's what we saw yesterday. And, of course, in this practice game, Darvish was able to return. But I, I go to you, Darvish's Twitter and his, the translation from his Twitter says that I threw it to the other team's opponents after a long absence, exclamation point. After the first hit, I felt like I was feeling more focused 
and focused like the season. The only cuts that I'm most good at are, are the rest. That's what it says. Next is the opening, so make sure to adjust it. So ultimately, he's just, I guess what he's saying is the innings that matter to him the most are the innings that he pitched where he didn't give up runs, and he's looking forward to the you know opening day. Of course, it's going to be um, Hendricks and then Darvish on that Saturday. So ultimately, as I translate his tweet, he is, uh, it's, it's been a long time. It says a long absence. Uh, and he said he felt like he was more focused after he surrendered five runs. Well, he had to be <laughs> like uh, that'll wake you wake you up uh, very quickly. So here's what I saw yesterday. And I think that maybe you saw the same thing I saw watching the Cubs and Sox yesterday uh, for Schwarber, two hits um, out of the five for the team. I think that Schwarber is going to be locked in this year. Whether he plays left field or DH, I just think that that's the guy. For those of the, those that are traditional baseball people that don't believe in the DH, listen, for a National League team, if you have someone that can hit the ball, Schwarber can be that guy. Schwarber can be the person that can be able to get his forward bats and really pay dividends, I believe, offensively for the Cubs. As we talk about this on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So Schwarber with his two hits uh, out of the five for the team. The bullpen held the Sox back for the Cubs. Um, After Darvish uh, really didn't have a very good outing at the beginning, the bullpen was very good for the Cubs. And I'm very curious about Jeffers. Jeffers in the bullpen. There, There is a need. And we discussed this yesterday on the baseball show. There is a need for multiple players to step up in that bullpen for the Cubs. I'm not necessarily enamored with what they have at the closer spot from Kimbrell. I believe that they're going to have to go outside of the organization to find someone else. But I think that when we look at the bullpen, that'll be a big story this year. You saw last year, last couple years, this bullpen for the Cubs. There's going to be a need for someone else in the bullpen to step up. Jeffress, though, was interesting to watch yesterday. For the White Sox, I mean, Dallas Keuchel, he was stellar surrendering one hit uh, over a five innings pitch, Keuchel um, talked about the confidence um, that he had out there and how much does the confidence, especially from the offensive side for the uh, White Sox, gives him confidence for this upcoming season. A lot of confidence, and and our lineup's just as good as anybody in baseballs. Um, we just have a lot of young guys that need to prove prove some things or prove some things again to, in order to to get some to get some street cred and and. I think we're we're uh, we're willing to do that, but also it, it 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 helps the pitching staff a whole lot because one one crooked number in one inning is all it takes for for a lot of young guys. Um, Giolito, it's going to help out. Cease, you name it. I mean, it helps me out, and and this isn't my first go round. So um, the the way we've swung the bat um, the last probably four or five games, even going into our little inter-squad games, has been a, a promise, promising showing. Uh, thoughts there from Dallas Keiko starter for the White Sox. Again, stellar, surrendering one hit over five innings. The bullpen was solid, surrendering no earned run, earn runs, and they uh, gave up four hits in the game. Five runs in the first inning, as we talked about, and Eloy Jimenez. You know, there has been so much conversation about 
uh, Luis Robert and uh, and Keuchel and Encarnacion and Grandal on this baseball team, but we have to be able to focus in and look at uh, Aloy Jimenez. I know that for some that's like yesterday's news. Actually, it's not. Um, look at what he did last year, and then you look at Aloy now. Yeah, he might be down in the lineup, but he's still going to be a catalyst offensively for the White Sox. And so for him just to, with ease to hit that grand slam home run, he is confident and he's dangerous at the plate. And he does it with a smile, which means that he is having fun while he's trying to be dangerous and confident at the plate. That guy is a career left fielder or DH or whatever for his future. I just know that offensively, that's what you want if you're a White Sox fan. And uh, and what you want is an ebb and flow through the lineup, even through these 60 games if you're the White Sox. If someone is having a bad day, there are a number of players, and I don't even talk about the young people. I'm talking about veterans on this in this lineup on a day-to-day basis that can be able to pick up some slack that you might have offensively. Even though, as I mentioned, on paper, it looks daunting. It looks strong. Point is, though, is that it's up to some of these veterans that will pick it up for some of these young players on this roster in the lineup every day. So the Jimenez home run and that grand slam was pretty strong. Tim Anderson at the top of the lineup having a two hits yesterday. Tim is also locked in as well, watching some of his uh, his games, practice games, and then watching yesterday. He, he more than likely will be the leadoff guy for the White Sox. And what I like about him, clearly the power because of being the American League hitting champion last year, but also the speed that he could provide for this White Sox team as well at the top of the lineup. That's really good. So the big picture questions when it comes to the White Sox. Are the White Sox destined to be a juggernaut offensively? I think we will see that. We will see if they're going to be a juggernaut offensively. The Twins, on paper, have more power than any team in the American League Central. Over 300 home runs as a team last year, and they added even more power here in the offseason. So the power numbers and the amount of home runs that were hit for Rocco Baldelli's Twins were really eye-popping last year, and that could carry over to this upcoming season as well. With the White Sox, I'm cautiously optimistic, again, only based on paper, more so than the results that we have seen. And again, when the bell rings, when the season starts on Friday, they'll tell a story about the White Sox. Something else, too. This lineup comes at you in waves. It's pretty daunting, as I mentioned. That's on paper. Um, But the Twins, with their home runs and the the added power that they have, but it's, it's pretty strong. But the Sox wanted to be able to match the Twins offensively with their power. That's why Grandal and Encarnacion are here. Um, I don't think that the White Sox could even come close to the Twins if they don't spend money to bring in veterans on this uh, roster. I think that that's something very important to point out because it's one thing to have young players and try to ride the crest with young players, but it's also about veteran players as well. So on the Cubs side of things, the Cubs' issues over the past two seasons are created by the offense, or lack thereof. And and that's why I'm very curious to see how this offense comes together uh, for this upcoming season. Bryant, Rizzo, Schwarber, Hayward, Baez, Almora Jr., Contreras. Who wouldn't want to have those bats in the lineup? I, I mean, it just I, I want you to just think about it, because it's one thing to underachieve, but it's another thing to be real and look at that lineup and look at the power hitters in that lineup and say... How come these guys can't be more consistent? 
is a, it's a big question, and it's a head-scratcher. We'll see if they can turn it around this upcoming season. So, Sean, open the phone lines at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. Would you think of the Cubs and Sox performances from last night? Uh, if you watch the game or listen, check in with me. Uh, was was there some smack talk between you, the Cub fan, or you, the White Sox fan, and, and the opposition? I'm interested because on the phone lines yesterday, we heard from Cubs and Sox fans that um, were very boisterous about their team. Uh, and I want to know how you feel after watching the Cubs and Sox. So if you watched it or listened to it on the radio, I want to get your thoughts on where your team stands as we're just a few days away from opening day for the Cubs and Sox. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Simple question. If you watched the game yesterday, what do you think of the performances? And what, you, what are your thoughts about your team for 2020? We'll take your phone calls next right here on TBS. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. An inside look at the Cubs, the White Sox, and all of Major League Baseball. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It's the baseball show right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Jonathan Hood with you. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. It's at ESPN MLB Show. Your thoughts on the Cubs and White Sox. Poll questions are up right now. Also, there's always video and retweets. If you're a baseball fan, that's just one-stop shopping right there. The baseball show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Follow along if you're a baseball fan, Cubs, Sox, any team around the major leagues, uh, that usually your uh, story is covered uh, for you, the baseball fan, right there on uh, ESPN MLB Show. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We're on after Wild and Sylvie uh, right here weeknights, and we want to get your thoughts on the Cubs and Sox game yesterday. I gave you my thoughts in the first segment. I just think that, again, these are practice games, and we know that the season will uh, get underway on uh, Friday for the Cubs and Sox. But the point is, is that you want to see some good signs. One other thing that I want to point out as I go to the phone lines, and that is about you, Darvish. Uh, if you've been listening to the show, even for a, a day or two, uh, I was not a fan of the Darvish signing for the Cubs. And I think it is uh, interesting that you, Darvish, looked at this whole COVID-19 thing and thought, well, maybe I should not be playing. He almost had to be talked into playing for the Cubs this season. And I will never measure a man's heart and say that he's not into it. I just know that he is he's really in his head about the amount of pitches that he throws or trying to be fine. And uh, after the first inning, he settled in pretty nicely. Uh, but I just, I just see someone that is too inconsistent to help the Cubs this year for 2020. I thought he'd be inconsistent when he was signed by the Cubs. And so not saying that he's a bad pitcher, but you just need consistency. You need him to lock in here for 11 or 12 starts to help this Cubs team as much as they can. Uh, Again, it starts with uh, Kyle Hendricks, and then it's going to be Darvish in the second game. Chatwood is scheduled for the third start, and then we move on from there. So let's get your thoughts here. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. If you watch the Cubs and Sox, let me get your thoughts here as we go to Charles in Midway with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show. Hey, Charles. Uh, hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so uh, I watched the game yesterday. Um, obviously, it was 
it was a little disappointing to see Darvish struggle so early. Um, but I have optimism that he'll he'll turn it around and um, you know, the Cubs will give us a good season. Um overall, I mean, it was an ex- exhibition game, so it didn't mean anything. But as a Cubs fan, um it kinda it kinda did hurt a little bit when Eli hit that grand slam. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, um it kind of make, makes me feel like uh, kind of bad that they uh, gave him up for Quintana because, in my opinion, Quintana hasn't hasn't been really like all that great for us. Um, I mean, he's not like an ace or anything. Most people put him like as a four or five starter. So, you know, overall though, I have optimism that they'll that Darvish will turn it around, the Cubs will turn it around, and or be good this year and at least give us some good baseball to watch. Uh, I don't, but, overall, well, here's the thing. You're, you're talking about you're talking about just uh, you know practice games and you're trying to get ready for the season, but yet you still felt bad about the Aloy home run. <laughs> yeah, don't, well, don't feel bad. That's how it's always going to be, though. I mean, anytime that he does good, I'm happy for the Sox. I'm happy for him as as a player because he's a great player. But I think it's always going to sting a little bit that they got rid that they gave him up for for Quintana. Um, as a Cubs fan, that's really going to always sting for me. But it is what it is, you know. We can't change the past. We have to just move on, and uh, hopefully um, in the next few years we'll be rebuilding and we'll uh, get all the guys, you know, in our minor league system that come up and be good too. And, I mean, one thing I'm looking forward to is, is watching Horner play because I think that, that guy is pretty special mm-hmm. um, overall. But... Yeah, it's always going to sting a little bit, though. I'm not going to lie. All right, my friend. I'm glad you checked in. Appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Some thoughts from Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo, uh, the first baseman for the Cubs, back with our family here at ESPN 1000, was on Cap and Company. A number of things stood out about the conversation. One of them is the decision for Rizzo or the decision to just play this season. Well, I think at the end of it all, we, we've we talked to my oncologist back home, talked with the Cubs doctors, and, um, you know, this virus is, is very serious. And if you look at all the – well, to be honest, you really don't even know what to look at nowadays. But some of the stuff you look at is, you know, our age group and being in good shape, you have a really, I mean, really, really low chance of – getting it and it being fatal now. So, I mean, it's just the way I kind of live. I don't really ever live in fear. This is definitely real and can, can, I can have it right now and I have no idea, you know? So, um, but I think that the risk reward of just being able to play baseball and doing what I love is, is, and getting back to normal is, is much more than just staying at home and, and, hiding in my in a cave anthony it seems like and again it could change as you said day by day but knock on wood the cubs have had zero positive tests for tier one employees since the return to play started tommy how spoke emotionally eloquently about what he dealt with before all of that but it seems as though your team veteran laden has taken this exceptionally seriously about staying out of stores and not going 
to different places, and it's baseball, baseball, baseball. Can you let us in on the leadership aspect, either you or John Lester or David Ross, anybody provided to get you guys all as focused as you appear to us? Um, well, I think it's a credit to guys not running amok and, and with everything opening up, even beforehand, especially, I mean, gosh, down in Florida, I got out of there at the right time. Uh, and just not, it, you know, it's it's the bigger crowds that kind of uh, seems like it spreads a lot more. So as far as being smart here, it's it's pretty easy with all the options of takeout and if, if guys do go out, they know to sit on a patio and, and have dinner there and try to keep it as tight as you possibly can um, because, you know, someone gets this, uh, they can. It's just how fast it could spread is uh, that's the really scary part, and I know no one wants to, you know, I think most of those guys are, are not really comfortable if, if we personally get it, but it's the fact to spread it to someone and then spreading it to their family members and things like that is a, is a scary part. So it's out of respect to each other that we, we keep everything as tight as possible and and abide by these protocols because, you know, it's it's definitely going to be an advantage uh, moving forward to, to stay healthy as far as uh, not getting COVID. That's uh, from Anthony Rizzo uh, of the Chicago Cubs. And so that it is it is a big topic, clearly. But the positive that we have seen here on the news is that the test, the last time there was rounds of tests for COVID-19 was 0.05%. So again, it just, it's day by day, it's week by week on how you can be able to analyze what the COVID-19 in baseball will bring. And I just think all of it is tempting fate, but if you're getting positive tests and everyone is safe, it's great. Just watching the last couple of games, by the way, with the Cubs and Sox, and I'll watch a couple other games as well. We retweet a lot of those games at ESPN MLB show. Just some of these scrimmage games, these exhibition games. Yes, it is kind of weird to be able to see uh, a, you know, major league baseball players on a field without fans. The first time I saw that was what was going on with the white Sox in Baltimore with the Freddie gray killing and that Baltimore had protesters outside and no one was allowed in the ballpark. And to watch that game without any fans was a day game. If I recall, it was, uh, it was different, definitely different. And you could hear every sound of the game. I love to hear that crack of the bat, or you could hear how good that fastball is coming in, hitting the mitt, the ambient sound, um, that you're getting usually when you go to the game, uh, you can actually hear on television now. And I think ESPN and NBC Sports Chicago does the best job when there are fans to try to get that sound, but it doesn't sound the same. It's not hollow. It's just the pure sound of baseball. And so watching it on television, it is odd to see all the empty seats and to be able to see action going on and, and hear the organ in some ballparks as well as, um, you, you know, hearing kind of the piped in crowd uh, sound what will sound like a crowd. It's, it, it is strange. But the, the one thing that, that I look at is when people complain about, you know, why is there a sound of a crowd with no crowds there? Well, I think that we all have to realize it's a, t- it's a television product. 
and you want to be able to put the best television product out on the uh, on the screen for everyone to enjoy something that sounds like baseball something that will we know there's those fans there we know that that is the crowd being piped in but you know it's a television product and you want to be able to have the best television product possible could you imagine if just if there's just nothing like like there is just a line drive base hit and there is just no reaction to it um i don't think that that'd be great it's, and we're just managing now to be able to watch these games without fans. And it's, it is strange, but not to the point where it's a turnoff for me because the action still is on the field. We know we recognize the players. We know what's going on in the game. So at least it's some semblance of entertainment. Remember, uh, the UFC has gone through this. The NBA will go through this. The National Hockey League will go through this. But at some point, we will be able to come back to games. It's just not right at this point in time. But I'm glad that at least these games are on television for us to be able to enjoy. Uh, the Sox games uh, against the Cubs. Now, the Cubs, that's, that's, another, that's a whole different story right there, right? Like, when will Cub fans be able to watch the Cubs uh, when the season starts? Is their deal done? We, we keep refreshing our Twitter looking for it, and we have not seen it just as of yet. But I'm just referring to the two games that we've seen against the Cubs and Sox. It's been very interesting. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. want to get your thoughts about the Cubs and Sox. Did you watch the game yesterday? Did you listen to it on the radio? I want to get your thoughts on what stood out most about the Cubs and Sox in their games yesterday. Also, we'll hear more from Anthony Rizzo, and we'll put some money in your pocket for this upcoming season. Cubs, Sox, everything else, AL and NL Central. We'll get to that as we move forward right here on TBS. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Week 96 on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Cubs, Sox, and so much more. This is The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB show. It's the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Glad that you're with me here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. If you are a baseball fan, this is a show for you after Waddle and Sylvie weeknights, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you watched the Cubs and Sox game yesterday, let me get your thoughts on what you saw. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, watching the uh, Cubs and Sox Yesterday, I mean, you Darvish, that game was over uh, after the first inning because of the five spot he surrendered, including the Grand Slam home run against Aloy Jimenez. Um, but offensively speaking, and, and it's, it's just about the offense for me for the Cubs because it's one thing to look into that bullpen and have question marks about that, but the offense has to be able to live up to their expectations. Is that going to happen this year for the Cubs? That's a big question mark. And if not, what does that mean for the future for the Cubs? And for the Sox, everything's gravy. I mean, they, they could be a playoff team. They could be a team that underachieves because it's too early. Um, I'm hedging my bets and looking at 2021 for the White Sox. If we get a full complement of games, then you can get an ebb and flow of the season. This is more of a sprint, as you well know, with 60 games. So, again, I think that almost anything can happen in 60 games. It all depends on the start that you get because it's just that fleeting. It's just that thin with 60 games. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to you. We say hello to Dave in Lincoln Park with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hi, Dave. Hey, Hoodie. Thanks for taking my call again. Um, really watch watch yesterday's both games. Uh, yesterday and the day before the games. Really excited. I love how the White Sox came out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the two things, a couple things that stood out the most to me for the White Sox. Um, I mean, obviously the hitting was great, but really enjoyed watching Keiko just work um, and, and get through and, and, and throw. It, it, it um, calmed a little bit of my anxiety regarding Kopech not coming out. And then regarding the Cubs, you know, I, I always um, – I remember when Darvish kind of blew it for the Dodgers against mm-hmm. the Strohs, and the Strohs were saying that they had that he was tipping pitches, and then last year it came out that they were actually kind of signal stealing and uh, you know all that all that uh, sign stealing uh, stuff that was going on and hitting of the drums. So then I started feeling bad for Darvish, saying maybe you know he was a victim of all of all the, of this, this potential cheating, uh, but then now he came back out and kind of blew it, and and, and I, I think I think to your point he's. He's kind of heady all over the place, and um, I, I, I thought that that's what, that's what stu- stood out most for me. Um, I got a chance to see a little bit of the broadcast, which was left out here, but of the ESPN broadcast of the game, mm-hmm. and they had Tim Anderson on uh, for an interview, and I think it was Sutcliffe along with somebody else, um, but they were talking to him about the bat flips, and they were showing it, and uh, the, the announcer was, uh, the broadcaster was saying, well, you know, I got a couple of old guys here that uh, probably don't really like that, uh, that that maneuver. And Anderson was funny, and he was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We don't need to talk to them. We'll just move forward, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So I, I just love the energy, and I think the shortened season and, and no excuses about cold weather starts or anything, I'm, I'm super excited and approaching everything with a half glass full. I'm glad you checked in. Appreciate your telephone call. Thanks, yeah, when, when it comes to to Tim Anderson, you know, uh, similar to Baez and Clark and Addison, uh, they couldn't care less about what you think. You know, they're just going to do what they do. Um, Baez plays with such a swagger as he just slides in the second base, slides in the third base. The the way he's able to tag runners, he plays with a flair that you really like because, after all, baseball is entertainment, isn't it? And so the same thing with Tim Anderson with the bat flip. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. This is something where uh, there are baby boomers and even some in my generation, Gen X, that think that the, that baseball has to be played just one way. Well, baseball should be played one way, and that's to try to win. Now, everything else between the lines is up to that individual player. But the, the idea that everyone has to be robots, 26, 27 robots out there uh, for every roster – that's nonsense. Even back in the day of the glory days of baseball when people played the game the right way, guess what? There was some also some goofballs, too. There was a lot of guys that had, had a little bit of the red ass, too. So that's all part of baseball in general. It's okay to be able to have some entertainment along with the baseball that we enjoy. So, you know, I, I like Tim Anderson being who he is. Tim Anderson being who he is is putting a spotlight on the White Sox. Uh, um. You know, it's it's one thing to look at what Robert could be or uh, what Aloy could be or some of the free agent signings for the White Sox as they showed a commitment to winning. But ultimately, uh, the reason why that there is even a spotlight on the White Sox outside of our city is because of Tim Anderson. Anderson was bat flipping with on a b- bad ball club last year, but he was still the American League hitting champion. And that's OK. I, mean, my, my, I think that anyone that's just honed in on that, on personality versus whether or not your team can win or not, is myopic. I want to be around those fans. You can be able to look at everything. You can look at the personalities. You can look at the numbers. You can look at whether or not your team won or lost. But when we just focus in on, well, what can I tweet about because I don't like it? I mean, that, that means nothing. 
that that means nothing. You're just trying to jump on someone just because. And ultimately, it's about whether or not your team wins or loses. Glad you checked in. Dave from Lincoln Park, appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. David Ross, the manager for the Cubs, says that the key for the Cubs this season is team flexibility. All the uncertainty with this season and then could lose anybody at any minute. You saw KB at first. Um, obviously some depth there, um, moving guys around is going to be important. Um, just Nico's a piece that is comfortable at second short and, and, you know, just a little bit of a depth piece at center, uh, if anything were to happen. And, and like you said, moving some guys around, uh, there's no telling some days if a guy, you might lose a guy for, for an extended period of time or, or even just a day, uh, we got to be prepared for anything this season. And, uh, like I said, we, we we got a lot of flexibility in this roster, and we got to take advantage of it, especially in a season like this. Someone asked me just recently, did, did I believe that we would see David Ross do what uh, Joe Madden has done as far as moving players around? Uh, would that be something that we would see? Would we see uh, players moving around like it was under Madden? And I said, well, you know, there's a great possibility that that could happen. Um, uh, I prefer uh, Bryant to be over at third base uh, and be that third baseman all, the entire time. But you know that he can play left and right, and he can play first base. So you like that flexibility for sure. Um, and, and the same thing with uh, seeing a couple other players for Madden. They also were moving around the diamond. So I get the flexibility. I, I, I But the old school in me likes the idea of someone playing a position the entire well, for the entire season, especially for 60 games. But we saw Brian over there at first base. He didn't, it, it had to happen because Rizzo was not available. He had a little Caratini over at first base a couple of days ago. And Brian played first base as well. Uh, here's another thing about the managers I want to get into tonight here on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And that is um, Rick Renneria. It's not enough conversation about Rick Renneria, but I'll, I'll bring it up because I've been saying this all winter into where we are right now. And that is when the Sox are quote unquote good, when they are seriously contending on a regular basis in the American League Central. Uh, will Rick Renneria be the manager for the White Sox? Because I, you know, during this losing, it just reminded me of his time with the Cubs. It was just one year, but Renteria was the A to B manager to be able to finally get the manager that Theo Epstein wanted uh, in Joe Madden. Could Rick have won a championship with the White with the Cubs um, during his one year there if he would have stayed for three or four years? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, Rick is one of these guys also about playing the right way and all these kind of things. It just, it just becomes cliche until you see a style of play on the field. It all becomes cliche playing the game the right way. I'm not here to see this White Sox lineup bunt and sacrifice their way to wins this upcoming season. Uh, I, I don't mind flexibility within the lineup. But the philosophy should be the same. You want to be able to hit the hell out of the ball like the Twins did last year. And so, uh, you know, I, I always look at at Rick Renneria with a little bit of a side eye because I don't know whether or not that he's the guy once the Sox are good. And that means this year or next year. So I asked Jim Margulis from Sox Machine recently. I asked him, I said, the, the way he looks at Renneria, is the pressure on or off Renneria? I think it's Kind of both. I think a manager's job is going to be way different than it ever will be, has been before and will be going forward just because they're 
kind of in charge of so many more things that have nothing to do with baseball. Just, you know, they're ultimately in charge of whether guys are social distancing or, or, you know, keeping their spots on the field or in the cages or, you know, all the improvised practice and preparation areas they have. You know, he's kind of the guy uh, who's overseeing it on the ground. So I think you're going to see a lot of managers, you know, not just him, but, you know, managers across the league who are just, I, I guess, general managers, not like Rick Hahn general managers, just, but just a manager in charge of so many different things, and a lot of which don't have to do with the actual on-field product. So in that case, I wouldn't blame any manager for being distracted or having to adhere to different priorities that don't necessarily have to do anything with you know, the best on-field product that night, but just, just might be the best way to, they think, that can keep guys healthy and, and, and out of danger. So there's that. On the other hand, you know, if they can actually get into a, a rhythm where the safety things are more or less taken care of and they have, um, you know, you're just concentrating on the schedule, you know, if by miracle that happens, then I think uh, the pressure is going to be on, uh, you know, not just Renteria, but a lot of managers because there are so many different ways to manage this, uh, you know, between pitchers going three to four innings versus five or six and being able to, you know, piggyback starters or have different uh, – matchups uh, the way they couldn't over a 162-game season. You know, there, there are a lot of uh, different ways to throw starters at a team. There's a lot of ways to, um, you know, I think when it comes to trying to get guys across the finish line, you know, you don't have to worry about the long haul. So, you know, you could see a lot of guys playing 60 games because that's the best lineup you can put every day. Um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, it's basically like, you know, managing September, but for the course of a whole season. So the thoughts there from Rick Renner, from uh, about Rick Renneria from Jim Margulis from Sox Machine as you're listening to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I, I don't know that Rick Renneria is the right guy for the White Sox until I see evidence of it. This is the first time that he's going to have a talent roster, and I don't know how much leash that he'll get. You know how the Sox and the Reinsdorf regimes work. There, there is a sense of loyalty uh, to some players. Uh, and some managers, for that matter, and so uh, I am. I'm going to watch this very closely to see how this works because, you know, I, I know there's a lot of hype out there about the White Sox and what they could be, but I just don't want Renneria to be the person that holds back the good times that we could have on 35th and Vec. Uh, there are a number of managers that the Sox could have went after. Uh, this offseason to be able to say, okay, we are changing the manager, we are changing the offense and some of the personnel, so now we're going to go for it. And they did not do that. Um, they changed the personnel. Uh, they have more of a commitment to winning by having players in place. But now the question is, uh, is the manager the right guy? And we're going to find out about that. Uh, Matt Peralt uh, is in heavy into the sports gambling. He works for SB Nation Radio and is host of Pushing the Odds. I asked him his thoughts about the Cubs and Sox. As I mentioned, I'm going to put some money in your pocket. Let's see what Matt says about uh, the over-under for the White Sox this upcoming season. Look, they've made a lot of good moves. They've added, you know, they added on the payroll. They've spent more than years past. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. Win total at 31 and a half, 31, depending on the book that you're looking at. And I, I think you can take a flyer on this team because of the young talent and because they're a little bit of an unknown. I don't mind betting the over on them here and having kind of a breakout because, as we know, last year the Nationals, 
through 60 games, had won 27 games, and then went on to win the World Series. But we just don't know what these teams are going to do. And I actually like the younger teams more than the veteran teams because I think the young kids don't know any better. Like They're just going to come out and play because it's baseball. They don't have families. Most of them don't have wives and most of them don't have young children at home that they're worried about and trying to keep COVID away. So I think the ignorance is bliss angle for the White Sox might actually be really nice. And if they can get some pitching and some performances uh, out of their starters – their division is winnable, and, and they have a much easier schedule than, say, the other team in Chicago and who they're going to face every day So in this 60-game schedule. So I like the over 31-and-a-half for Chicago this year, and I, I think they could be – I mean, look, I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I think they're definitely going to be in the conversation in the division. I also met, asked Matt Peralt from uh, Pushing the Odds on his show about the Cubs. Now, he's, he talks about the over for the White Sox at 31-and-a-half, but what does he think of the Cubs? Can – the Cubs be something that you can put your money on this upcoming season. I'm not touching this team with the 10-foot pole for that very reason we just laid out. David Ross is a really big X factor. Look, it could work, and former players have stepped up, and, and, and you know, the Red Sox looked at Jason Veritek, and teams have kind of kicked around the idea of bringing back guys who are catchers, who are really intelligent, who have won championships. David Ross, obviously, two-time champion with the Red Sox and with the Cubs, and a guy who's beloved by fans and players alike. It's just really hard to go from the guy that you lean on for advice to the guy who's going to be screaming at you and yelling at you and benching you when you're not playing well. So, I, I look, if I was to bet this, I'm not going to. I would take the 32 wins and go with the under with the Cubs. I, I just don't know how that pitching staff's going to develop. I just don't know that with that division, with how difficult it is. I like the Brewers a lot. The Cardinals are obviously going to be a very big problem. I just think the division is so difficult, and you're going to play so many of these games of the 60 in your own division that I think it's going to be tough for the Cubs. And I don't blame teams like Chicago or other teams that are trying to build towards 2021 to look at this and say, hey, we're going to try out some different options and put on some of our younger players and give them chances to step up and see what they can do, simply because this year is such a wash and such a weird year. So, I mean, I'm not betting it, but if I did, I'd bet the Cubs under. Uh, and lastly, I asked him about the home run champ future bet. Okay, so this could be anybody in these 60 games. Where would you put your money when you look at the home run champ? Yeah, I like a couple of the youngsters. I think Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna Jr. are both potentially going to have monster years. And like I mentioned, I just think I like going with younger guys who aren't going to be as concerned about COVID-19. I mean, if you look around the country, look at the bars in Arizona and Florida. Uh, it's all young people running around not knowing any better with COVID-19. So I just think Soto and Acuna, I mean, 34 home runs for Soto last year, 41 for Acuna Jr. I just think both those guys in a sprint, in a 60-game schedule, and I like their odds. I mean, you've got 20-1 to on Soto at most books. you get got 18-1 to on Acuna. Uh, you know, I tend to look down the list a little bit and not really roll, roll, roll with the favorite because the, the value just isn't really there. But those are two guys I've looked at, and I think they both could have really big 60-game marks. So I'll talk to Matt Peralta and got his thoughts about uh, the Cubs and Sox and everything else, Major League Baseball. You can hear that full conversation in its entirety on the uh, ESPN Chicago app. Just click the baseball show. You can hear Matt's thoughts about everything Major League Baseball when it comes to sports gambling. We go 5-4-5 next right here on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 
This is the show about the show. You've been in the show, man? The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. Greatest days of my life. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Under the Hood comes your way uh, at 7.03 right here on ESPN 1000 the ESPN Chicago app. Some thoughts about the Bears coming up. So if you're a Bears fan, stay by your listening device. Check it out after 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. We are late. We've got five topics in five minutes for 545. Five for five, five topics in five minutes. Sean Davis has his five. Go right ahead. All right. The theme tonight is busting out, Hood, busting out. Pitchers are usually ahead of batters to start a baseball season. Based on what you've seen from inter-squad games and exhibitions, will this trend hold true to form for 2020? Uh, I believe it will not. Pitchers are usually ahead of batters. I will say that the hitters will be ahead, and one of the reasons for that is the designated hitter. Just to have that extra bat in the lineup, I think that it will be something that National League pitchers will have to be accustomed to. Sure, there's always that crossover um, when, when you have these interleague games, but this is going to be full stop now for 60 games plus with Universal DH. So I will say that the offense uh, will be ahead of the pitchers. Uh, people are creatures of habit. The offense never sleeps, but the pitching might be a little thrown off now because they have to start their season in July. Juan Soto put on a heck of a show the second half of 2019 and also through the playoffs in the World Series. That solidified him as a superstar. Who will be the breakout star of 2020? It's hard to narrow down one, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. What if I said Cody Bellinger, who was the National League MVP, hit 408 through 48 games. So if he hit 408 through 48 games to start the season, I wonder what he looks like through 60 games. Um, I will say... uh, Justin Upton, maybe of the Angels. You know, you got Otani and you got uh, Rendon in that same lineup for Joe Madden. So maybe Upton. Uh, I'll throw a wild card. I'll throw in uh, Austin Meadows of the Rays. A slash line of 378, 472, 744 uh, in September. Maybe that carries over uh, into the 60 games. So um, for a breakout star, maybe one of those three. Maybe Meadows for the Rays. The Dodgers and the Yankees are considered to be prohibitive favorites for most experts. Who would you take in the World Series? That matchup or the rest of the field? I'll take the field. Uh, if, if you told me that we had a 162 games season, uh, Davis, I would say you're right. Dodgers, Yankees, they would be the, the favorites. But because of the unknown, right, for all of this with 60 games, uh, I'll take the Braves. Uh, I'll throw the Rays in there again as well because they're pitching. Uh, I can throw in the Twins, even me to say the Twins, um, the Mets, uh, and and maybe just like the Sox, the Reds might be that team in the National League. So I, I will take the field and just say for a full complement of games, Dodgers, Yankees, but for 60, uh, this, it could be one of these up-and-coming young teams that come out of nowhere. Yeah, for 60 games, I'm definitely going to take the field just like you, Hoodie. And breaking news for the Dodgers, they just optioned their, super, their young superstar, Gavin Lux, down to uh, the other camp. Which 2019 playoff? Which 2019 playoff team will fall off in 2020? Uh, Milwaukee, um, because wow. if it's because if, if it's not the Cardinals and the Cubs, uh, I don't see Milwaukee being 
in, in that mix. I can see them taking a step back here uh, and maybe retooling for 2021. Uh, I'll say the champions, uh, Washington Nationals, also. Hard to repeat. Don't see them being a juggernaut. I think they had a very special season. But for them to return to the top, I don't see that. So I'll just say Milwaukee and Washington. It's amazing that you picked Milwaukee because we've heard people say that about them the last two seasons, right? Craig Council and his guys are going to fall off. And somehow, some way, they keep finding a way to win. Let's end it with these prop bets, Hood. Max Muncy, 101. 100 to 1 to win the MVP. You taking that? I will not take that. All right. Jesus Lazardo, 75 to 1 to win the AL Cy Young. Uh, $25. All right. Louise Robert, 101 to be the home run leader. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. I probably would not. If it, Again, full complement of games, I may do something. 100 to 1 is a good odd. Uh, I'm going to say no. To Walker that. Bueller, 9 to 1 to end DeGrom's Cy Young streak. I'll take that. I, t- I like that odd. Um, DeGrom already with the back issue doesn't mean that he's going to be uh, out or bad this season. But I, I think I'll take Walker Bueller to upend DeGrom for the Cy Young streak. Yes. All right. And Garrett Cole, 50 to 1 to win AL MVP. No. Uh, AL MVP, no. Cy Young, uh, possibly, but not MVP 50 to 1. I would pass on that. I would say no, that's not going to happen. With 12 stars, you don't think if he gets 10 quality stars in those 12 stars that are dominant, you don't think he has a chance to win it, huh? Others could. Yeah. Other, other, because there could be an offensive juggernaut that could be able to get that AL MVP as True. well. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's, you're talking about my money. In my money, I would pass. You, you do it your money, but my money, no. I would not take the 50 to 1. Odds. All right. That's your 5 for 5, huh? Right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget to follow us along on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. We're back tomorrow at 6, right after Wild and Sylvie. And, of course, the baseball show is presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Thanks so much for listening. Under the Hood in two minutes right here on ESPN 1000. You've been listening to the baseball show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for the Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.